And welcome back into the blazing hot furnace of a fire that we've got going here. Um, I'm back with Peter and Thomas this morning. How are you guys doing? I'm well. I am also I'm well. Enjoying this fine Saturday morning. Yeah. Is a Peter and I morning. are recording together this morning. Yes, we are still on winter break. <laughs> we are missing you though, Justin. <laughs> it sounds like fun. Uh, wish I was there, but you know, I'm happy where I'm at. So, yeah. but I'm glad to be able to, to speak with you guys. Yeah, we're glad to be here and do another episode. Jay, how are you doing? I'm good. You know, it's a good. cloudy, cold day here, but there's nothing wrong with that. We'll probably just be sitting inside all day. So, <laughs> it's actually kind of cold here too. We ha- we actually got a decent amount of snow last night, oh, really? but yeah. it's kind of melted. Not uh, really here. The other areas around here, yeah. <laughs> really? So, like South Charlotte and wow, out by the lake, I think. Yeah. Okay. We had um we had it coming down in clumps for a little while there, hey, nice. yeah. but it, it wasn't very long. <laughs> yeah, um, so there's just a, a light dusting. Yep. Right now, but thick frost. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a a fine way to be. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right. Well, so today we're going to get into a little bit of a kind of difficult topic, especially in light of recent events. Um, but we'll see, I think, as we go on that there uh, is some truth to draw out of this, as you get with anything in the Bible. So um, the main topic today, we're going to look at Romans 13, where Paul writes, starting out on the submission to government and government authorities. So uh, you can see why this would be kind of a difficult one. Um, and disclaimer, I guess, before we start, this might be a podcast where we don't have the answers to everything um, if you're listening to this. And that's, uh, I think, an okay way to be. We're just going to look into the Bible, see what it says here, see what Paul writes about, maybe jump around to some other scriptures um, and see what we can we can learn from it. Um, but again, it's, it's a topic where no one really has every answer to this, and there are a lot of ways to look at it. Um, but we hope to learn as much as we possibly can through these 14 verses. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well said. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so we're going to get to reading this thing uh, first and the first thing we do. Um, it's going to be, again, Romans 13, the whole chapter, so verses 1 through 14. And I believe, Thomas, you're going to kick us off. I am. All right. Romans 13, 1. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly, as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh, to fulfill its lusts. 
All right. Well, thank you guys for uh, joining in and reading that. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. And I think as you can see here, um, this passage starts off with uh, some verses on submission to government authority, but then it branches out to something a lot greater and a lot deeper from that. Um, so I think we see Paul, as we've seen in any other podcast episodes, the writers of the Bible, especially Paul, writing very intentionally here. Um, each of the three sections that we just read, um, they kind of build off the one before. And it, I think it takes what can be looked at as kind of a political passage and turns it directly to God, directly to Jesus. And this is what we should try to do in a world that is ever more divisive politically. Um, and then we see where people lean on politics and government for answers and hope. Um, so I think ultimately this passage is going to be less about submission to government purely and more about following God. Um, and we see that in the three sections here. So uh, you guys have any initial thoughts as we get started? I mean, I think on first read of, of this passage, it leaves you with a lot of questions and uh, um, I guess a lot of, there's a lot of different interpretations you can go with this because uh, like you said, I mean, they're, you just read the, read it word for word. You think, okay, let's uh, just submit to all authority. But no, it's, if you look deeper and sort of seek out the answers that you have upon first reading, you see that it's, it's more about following God and following uh, Jesus and becoming more Christ-like. Um, and that's really at the heart of this passage, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. And I think reading the whole passage, um, helps a little bit because it's important not to take, you know, verses thir 13, one through seven out of context. And there's a lot greater context that we see eight through 14 here, um, which sheds some more light on how we should be living our lives, I think. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And um, so we'll look, we'll look first at verses 13, one through six or one through seven. Um, and this is where, the, the subheader here is submit to government in my Bible. Um, another one where it said submission to government authority. So kind of the same kind of thing. Um, so I think the first thing to look at here is it is important for us to understand our place in this world. Um, whether we like it or not, the authorities around us and above us are established by God. And so yeah, everything is established by God. <laughs> And we are not necessarily called to support all of it, I don't think, but we are called to submit to God's design, and this is part of his design for the world. Um, and we're even called to pray for those in power. First Timothy 2.1 mentions that, where we are you know, to pray first and foremost for those in leadership positions and power above us. Um, and we are, as it says here, to subject to government authority. Yeah, I mean, it's important that, like, Christianity stands up against government when it should, when it comes into conflict with our religion. Mm -hmm. But if it doesn't, then we need to obey it, right? Um, I have, I have um, in my Bible, in a footnote, um, resist the authorities, resist what God has appointed. So that's from verse 2. But since all government is God-ordained, disobedience is rebellion against God, uh, which I find very interesting because it's like, like when we break the law, it's also we're sinning because we're breaking or we're going against the established uh, government that God put in place. And so even when we go against our government, we go against God sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I did, I did read something on this. I was trying to find some sermons to help shed some more light on all this. And I read an article, um, that did say there are times and we're get, we'll get into this um, in a little bit, but there are times even to resist, um, when Thomas, as you said, things counteract our biblical perspective, what the Bible says. Um, but when we break the law in doing that, we should be prepared in our submission to the government still and our subject to the, those authorities. Um, we should be prepared to face any punishment that may come, come with that. And that's part of doing good following God. Um, 
we may face worldly punishment for it. And that's kind of part of this subjection that we get here. Yeah. Um, When I was doing some research on this, I came across uh, some Greek definitions of the word submit Mm, uh, that was used here. And in this context, it refers refers to the Greek word hupotasso, which Mm. in non-military use is a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. And I think we should differentiate that from the Greek word hupokuo, which is in trend. <laughs> yes, as we all know. Naturally. <laughs> which is best translated as obey, which means to conform, to follow a command, or to koto to an authority as a subordinate. Um, and so thing we should remember is that using the, the word hupotasso that is used here as uh, which uh, translates in English to submit, uh, it does not always mean to obey the law, but to submit to the authorities when, uh, when necessary. So for example, like um, when we talk about government, the laws that uh, are instituted by them um, in Christianity, we see that legalism is not the answer to how we should behave. Um, and instead, which we'll see in this next section, which we saw in or through verses 8 through 10, um, it's ultimately love that fulfills the law. And that's our, um, that's sort of what, or that's not sort of what we should adopt. That is what we should, what we should adopt and what drives our actions. So when we see government law that is not just that harms one another, which love does not, then I think we have a duty to disobey that law when it does happen. And we've seen that throughout the Bible with uh, Jesus and even Mary, we talked about a couple weeks ago, who do things against what uh, the authorities, uh, uh, what the authorities make as law. Um, So I think we should be, but in the end, we should be willing to take punishment for disobeying unjust laws and not resorting to chaos or violence when we uh, disobey laws. That was a long spiel, but hopefully oh, no, I got good. it. It's good. Yeah, I think you mentioned a really good point. I think a good example of that uh, is is Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego. Or is it – did I get the names right? Shadrach. 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 I said Radshak. <laughs> I always do that. Oh. Radshak <laughs> sounds cool. Shadrach, <laughs> Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> but Radshak is just so rad. <laughs> um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They, they were told to bow down to an idol. And, you know, that they, they didn't believe that they could. And, they didn't, and because they didn't bow down, they didn't think that they were exempt from all punishment they still got thrown in the furnace and they accepted that punishment Mm -hmm. but they also trusted in god that he would deliver them from it um so i think it goes it goes to say that when we shouldn't feel like we're exempt because what we're doing is right in god's eyes because god has ordained the laws that we're living under but rather we defy to show that there is something greater Mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. their power right yeah i completely agree um and thomas that's one of the examples that i thought of but we can go ahead and kind of jump to the other side of this where you know our job is to submit to authorities unless they contradict the word of god and thomas that's a great example um that's the first one i thought of as well i mean it's what's <laughs> what this podcast is named for uh, shadrach meshach and abednego so it's they'll probably come up uh time and time again with us um, but it's a great example of that, and there are other examples in the Bible. Um, in that same book, in Daniel, you have Daniel in the lion's den. When uh, Daniel was put in a position of leadership under, I believe it was King Darius or Darius, however you say that. Um, and his other governors appealed to him to pass a law saying, hey, you can't, we have to outlaw any petitions to any gods for a certain amount of time and knowing that Daniel would probably break this law and Daniel continues to pray to his God um, going against this new law ordinance that's in place. And he's ultimately thrown in the lion's den, but greater good comes out of it. He recognizes that Um, in acts five, it was another one I found with Peter and 
the apostles when they're put on trial with the religious leaders of their day, um, who we do see in the wrong. But these these guys are willing to uh, stand up to that and continue their preaching. They're put in jail. They are set free from jail, actually, by an angel of the Lord. Um, and then in Acts 5.29, once they come at them again, Peter tells them directly, we are to obey God rather than men. So um, we do see that these apostles are consistently following the law. Um, both Paul, who's here, and Peter, who actually writes about this in Second Peter in a similar passage, are both serving under the emperor Nero in Rome, who, if you're listening and are not aware of your Roman history, was per perhaps the worst Roman emperor in persecution of Christians, of kind of all people, um, and in his actions. And yet they submitted to him willfully. But at times, like here, we see them standing up to here. It's the religious leaders of the day. Um, so those are examples of why we have historical examples as well. I know uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, our mm -hmm. favorite pastor, martyr, prophet, spy. Yes. Um, <laughs> in Germany, stood up to oppressive rule. It stood up to, to Hitler and his government. And then my favorite example that I thought of was Martin Luther, um, mm -hmm. who sees wrongdoings here. It's the church leadership that he rebels against. But at that time, church leadership was kind of political leadership as well. Um, it's true. And he willfully stands up to that face of the consequences, but he's not afraid to resist that authority when it's needed. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a place for an obligation for civil disobedience against the law of rulers when those rulers law disobeys the word of God. Um, but like you saw, even, I mean, you saw Paul wrote most of his or a lot of his uh, books of the Bible while he was in prison uh, said Jesus died on the cross because he uh, broke, you know, the Pharisaic laws and uh, some of the other laws of Rome. Um, so they obviously weren't obeying every single law of human authority, but at the same time they did uh, submit to the punishment that um, breaking those laws uh, the punishment that breaking those laws that was according that accorded to breaking those laws. And that's uh, why Paul ends up in prison and why Jesus eventually dies on the cross. Mm -hmm. And through that, God uses it for a greater purpose. And that's to save humanity. Yeah. I think another good example is Joseph, our favorite man in the technicolor <laughs> robe. <laughs> Um, but he was sold into slavery. He rose out of slavery to be Pharaoh's right hand, just to be thrown back in prison for 10 years for a crime he didn't do. Um, and all throughout that time, he, he still stuck with God. And, and eventually after 10 years, he interpreted a dream through the power of God. And he was able to provide for his family when they needed food. He rose back up in the ranks of Pharaoh, um, but he had to submit to the authority of Pharaoh. He wasn't exempt purely because he was Christian and he was wrongly convicted of, of his, of sleeping with Pharaoh's wife. Um, Cause he didn't, but like he still had to go to prison for 10 years. I think it was 10, maybe more, maybe less, but he was not exempt of the punishment that came along with being Jewish in that time. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to be said for it. It does take a lot of perseverance and trust um, to submit to authority sometimes. And we see that there. I think I just thought of David um, when he's constantly, you know, he, he runs away, but he's still recognizing the authority of Saul. Um, as the king before David is king. And, you know, that takes a lot of courage to, to do something like that, knowing that there's a greater plan, but waiting for it. And I think that's kind of what we're getting at here is, you know, submit to governing powers, but recognize that there is a greater plan at, at works and at play. Yes. 
Well said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with that in mind, unless you guys have any other thing, we can always come back, but unless you have anything to say on one through eight, we can move on to the rest of the chapter because that's going to get into the greater things at play. <laughs> Let's move to the greater things at play. Yeah. It's always a good thing to do. <laughs> so we're going to look at first Romans eight through 10, um, where we see talk of loving your neighbor, which is something that we've discussed on this podcast before. And it's something we will discuss again, because that is perhaps the central command given to us in the Bible. Um, So around the world right now, in our world, we see a lot of talk about lawlessness, violence, and division. But Paul, in these verses, is clear more than anything else that the way to fight against all this is with love. Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. Yes. I mean, it's right there in verse 8. Oh, no... No, oh, no one anything except to love each other for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Boom. <laughs> That's very self-explanatory. <laughs> like if, if you're loving, if everybody like loves their neighbor as they go throughout life, I just imagine like no hostility between people, everybody helping each other out um, and just like being there for one another, you know, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> that's so opposite of what everybody is, is saying these days, or at least from what I'm hearing, because mm-hmm. it, it's very much the first response of people is hate nowadays. Um, and that's, as we can see throughout this past year, there's been a lot of hate and it's only further helped the, the crevice grow between people mm-hmm. and just become more and more disconnected. So I think a little bit of love would be a really good thing. Yeah. yeah. Justin, you mentioned, um, you mentioned like there's currently as we speak and what we saw this week, there's, just lawlessness, violence, and division. There's hate, there's evil surrounding us. And a lot of people will opt to combat that hate with even more hate and even more violence. Um, So it's very contra culture to hear that love is the answer to combating this evil and division in this world. And so um, when I was trying to get contact context of this chapter 13 in Romans, I, look towards the end of chapter 12 in Romans. And I think there's a, there's just a great outline of how we should respond to this evil uh, through love. Um, and so a couple of those, couple of the th- verses in uh, chapter 12, namely through nine, within uh, the passage nine through 21, um, include abhor what is evil, uh, but we should do it in a way that glorifies God. So do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil, as much as depends on you. Live peacefully with all men. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Um, so the source of humility and goodness uh, that drives our Christ-like responses to evil is love. Um, and that's what I've I gleaned through of verses 9 through 21 in chapter 12. Um, and then there's a cross-reference through those verses to Proverbs 25, 22, um, which was, let's see, if, you're, uh, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will keep coals of fire on his head. Um, and then later goes on to say that uh, the Lord will reward you for doing good in the face of evil, uh, to not combat evil with evil. And, and so I think just the more powerful, the more powerful thing to do in, uh, in response to all this lawlessness and violence and division, um, is to just counter that with good, which is humanly very hard to do, but I think it makes the bigger statement. 
Yeah, it does. And I'm glad you brought up that Romans 12. That's one of my favorite passages in the Bible, um, especially 9 through 21. And my favorite verse all time is Romans 12, 21, which you just read, do not be overcome by evil, overcome evil with good. Very simple, um, but so much to it. Um, and I'm glad you looked at that context because it really gets to the heart of what we're talking about. And yeah, you're right. The world around us, I think there's the first thing that, that people do, the first action people take when, you know, someone disagrees, someone has a, a different opinion on something is to label them immediately an enemy, almost. That's not how we should be looking at things. And when you look at someone as an enemy, you want to, as verse 7 says, you want to repay them evil for evil. Or verse 17 says that in Romans 12, but it actually says repay no one evil for evil. And so, you know, it is, it is hard to live a life doing that. And I think verse 8 is exactly what you were talking about in Romans 13, Romans 13, 8. Um, and I'm going to read the NIV version of Romans 13, 8, because I am um, a big fan of how it is written here, where it says, Let no debt remain outstanding except the, the continuing debt to love one another, for whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. And when we're getting into love and what you just read in Romans 12, Peter, I think Romans 13, 8 sums it up well with this idea of a continuing debt to love one another. Um, and that just struck me as kind of a fascinating way to think of love. I don't know about you guys. Love is the fulfillment of the law? The, the, in the NIV, when it says a continuing debt to love one another, that's how we should approach uh, it. Continuing debt. Yeah. I, that's, it's a very interesting way to like describe loving one another. It almost feels like it's saying that people deserve to be loved no matter what. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, when we don't love somebody, we are in debt to them because they deserve love. We all deserve love. And that love is, is God's perfect love. But because we are sinful, we can't always do that. <laughs> and we don't always do that. But we should always strive to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And here it talks about this debt being love, which is a good thing. And I think it's so strange mm -hmm. to think of a debt as a good thing. I mean, it doesn't really make sense reading that at first. Uh, but I think one of the main takeaways of Romans uh, is that Paul calls us to do things that don't really make sense in the world's eyes. Um, but doing such things produces infinitely more power and success um, than doing things of how the world would suggest solving problems, which is to repay evil with more hate and more just terrible hate speech against others um, when really the debt that we owe others is love at all times, no matter what they do to us. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And a debt, you, know, you think of a debt, it's, you know, something that weighs heavily on you if you're in debt, um, especially financially, I think is the main way that everyone looks at it. Um, it's something that you have to get out of something that's always there, something that will build up more and more over time. And that's how it's being described here. That's how love is being described here by Paul. You know, something that we should be weighing on us in a good way to go out and love all those around us. Um, something that we're obligated to do and fulfill and to meet the requirements of constantly all the time. And it's a debt that's always there. And if you're like, if you're in financial debt now and it's a debt that's always there and always going to be there, that's going to almost control your life. It's going to control the decisions you make, the, the things you do, the places you go. Um, and if that's how we're to look at love, where this debt of love should be what's controlling us, should be what's deciding how we act, who we interact with, how we interact with them. And should, I mean, it should be constantly on our minds, on our hearts. It's a new way of looking at it that I, you know, it just brings it to a whole new level. Well said. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's really good. I mean, yeah, you talk about like financial debt, it's such a burden. Like if you have it if you're just 
way in debt. It's a burden that's weighs heavily on you all the time. Um, but then if you look at love as being a debt and that if that weighs on you all the time, then that, uh, is a debt that produces so much good in you. And that can, uh, not only change your heart, but change others' hearts when you love on them. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think also mentioned here, it's, again, I mentioned earlier, it's important that we recognize why Paul writes this the way he does and why he places it where he does. Um, there's no mistake that this portion, chapter verses 8 through 10, and then after that, 11 through 14, comes directly after uh, chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. Um, and I think the clearest connection here is near the end of that first chunk of scripture, which we read. Verse 7, he writes, Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, respect. If honor, then honor. And that's talking in the little submission to government section. But then he brings up the continual debt of love, which kind of shows me that our submission, our subjection of ourselves to authorities and government, while important and while necessary, it kind of only goes so far. We are to pay taxes, what we owe, customs, what we owe, fear, honor, what we owe. But then... This idea of love, we are to give without ceasing to God and to others in this continual debt of love. So while, you know, we subject to earthly authority to a point, we subject to God and his word constantly and in every way. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it says that, right, Pay taxes to those to whom you owe taxes to. And because we are in debt to everybody with love, we owe, we, ha we have to pay everybody with love, right? Mm -hmm. um, they deserve it. We owe it to them. And the funny thing is, they also owe it to us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody owes love to each other. And that's kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah, and uh, continual debt that is love. <clears throat> uh, Justin, as as you mentioned, and Thomas, you mentioned that's contrasted against the uh, limited debt or the uh, enumerated debt that we know exactly what it is. It has an end, which is taxes, uh, customs, fear and honor to who it is due. Those those kind of debts that are mentioned in verse seven, they're limited, and that shows that you know human government authority is limited, but owing each other love continually uh, as Christ did. That's unlimited and everlasting. Mm. Yeah. And I think it also speaks the idea that you look at politicians and government, people have the, a lot of faith in them. You know, things will change in, in four years when my party gets into power, things will change in two years when we can vote again. I have hope in that, you know, I think you get a lot of that in the world and, it makes sense. It is the probably the most powerful thing that we see in our world, in the world. Um, I think, though, if we live our lives according to how Paul is talking here with love, this is kind of what we need to put our hope in. We should submit, subject ourselves to authorities, but no big sweeping political action from our government will ever solve kind of the deeply rooted and kind of unfixable issues that we see in our world and that it's getting everyone so um, kind of wound up now. It, there's a reason that we have those issues and the only way to solve those issues um, and to reach them at their heart, I think, is to show, show, show true love. Um, and this is what we kind of see Jesus doing. You know, it's not like any people come in big criticism and criticism of Jesus in the Bible in biblical times is that he's not this big king, big, powerful ruler, at least in appearance, who's coming to come in and make these sweeping changes. He acts, we see again and again through the gospels, through yeah, kind of in these smaller moments where he's healing people, where he's teaching people. Um, and I think it's these smaller acts of love that we need to get to. 
So I'm, I found a great Gandalf quote. <laughs> um, yes. yes. Uh, I think it, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> some believe it is only great power that can hold evil in check. But that is not what I have found. I have found that it is the small, everyday deeds of ordinary folk that keep the darkness at bay. Small acts of kindness and love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found that very fitting. Uh, actually, I mean, I found that this week before uh, before even looking at this podcast when everything else was going on. Um, but building, building on what you said, Justin, um, God accomplished his greatest work and um, all humanity uh, through Jesus saving our sins as this humble carpenter who comes into the world um, in such a humble status. And that is the most powerful thing that has ever happened in the world, him dying on the cross uh, with that status um, to save our sins. It wasn't through, you know, great political or military uh, power that God used to save the world. No, it was through the humble. And I think we can, uh, in our own lives, adopt that and try to make change at, uh, at that level, just through small acts of kindness and love. Because that's really where I see, think you see hearts transformed is when we show that and extend the love of Christ to others. And then that, uh, in my opinion, has the most far-reaching impact, more than what um, human government and politics can offer. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Jesus was definitely a political radical in the fact that he was preaching a one true God that that was that was in charge of everything. Because at the time Caesar was declared like on equal footing with God. And so just Jesus walking around proclaiming that the kingdom of God is is nigh uh, was saying that Caesar is not God. <laughs> and him Jesus claiming divinity for himself was blasphemous to a lot of people. However it wasn't blasphemous because, well, he is the son of God and he is divine. So what he was saying was true. But Jesus didn't come to disrupt the the earthly government. Jesus came to disrupt people's hearts and to show them the truth and to change people's hearts. And in turn, that was that was going also going against this the, the established government in a way because the established government, what am I trying to say here? It was going against the government because it was going to people's hearts because it was true. And God's kingdom is the perfect kingdom. Our human sinful kingdom was not happy with the truth that was being said. Yeah. If that communicates my point. Yeah, it no, does. Very, very well <laughs> it does. And I think you know, like we, we're having trouble getting to some of these points. Again, it's a difficult passage to digest. It you is. Know, submitting to authority, specifically government authority, we've seen so many times throughout history and even today where it can be so difficult to do that. So why is Paul writing this? Um, and these verses have, and the verses here and in Second Peter, where we see Peter writing the same thing, they have been taken wildly out of context before to kind of say, you're a Christian, then you should not resist it all. Being kind of used to silence people, I think, in submitting to the go in, in uh, resisting authority. And that's not what is being said here. What's being said is, yes, submit to government, but know that there is something greater and follow that something greater first and foremost. Um, and Thomas, you just said, that's what Jesus came to. It's part of what he was saying. You know, he's getting to the heart. Um, it's just a difficult passage to wrap our minds around, I think. Yeah. yeah I would agree. It is. It's not easy. But what we do know is that we need to love each other and that that will fix everything. <laughs> kind of sounds funny when you say it that way, mm-hmm. but it would. Yeah. And I think, you know, people hear that in the world today and if especially non-believers, it's, you hear that and you think that sounds too idealistic, you know? Yeah. Oh, love is going to fix everything. Sure. <laughs> 
but it's what is here. It's what is true. Um, that true love, which we've looked at before when we've read passages out of, out of John, right, Thomas, we've read, we've looked yeah. at that a couple times, you know, that's what the Bible teaches. And that's what we should be doing. It says love is the fulfillment of law. If there's one command to follow, love your neighbor, mm-hmm. love God, love yourself, love your neighbor as yourself. It's, that's the point. Um, and yeah, it can sound idealistic at times, but I think we have to get over that kind of criticism of it and really realize the importance of it. Yeah. In, in the great words of Obi-Wan Kenobi, Sith are a speciality. Actually, love is our speciality. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but if there's one thing that like we as Christians should specialize in, it should be love, right? And mm-hmm. the way to do that is by following Christ. And allowing his love to speak through us. Because if we try and love people on our own, that's not going to work out too well. <laughs> um, but if we try to love people through him, that then it will then it will work. Because we can't do anything apart from him in our lives. Right. right. Perfectly said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think we'll take this to the last section of Romans 13 then, where again, none of this is written by mistake. This is all written in this order purposefully by Paul. Um, and I'll read this again, just so we can get a refresher. Verses 11 through 14 and do this, all of this that we've read, do this, knowing the time that now is the, is high time to awake out of sleep for now. Our salvation is nearer than when we first believed the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. So here we see even more of a call to action, I think. Yeah, so I I sort of broke down the sort of the consequences to... Uh, not obeying not just government authorities, but also not obeying um, loving your neighbor and then not obeying here in verses 11 through 14. And so in the first section in verse five, it mentions the consequences um, uh, of wrath and then for having a bad conscience if you don't submit to proper authority. Um, and then verse 10 uh it mentions if we don't love another neighbor, then that produces harm on on other people because love does no harm. So when we don't love on others, then uh, that then harm can enter the picture on one another, and that's a consequence. Verses eleven through fourteen. Now, um, it's a, such a big call to action because it it focuses on the eternal punishment, which is the most serious. Um, and as Christians, we should feel the the dire impending consequences for those in this world that are lost because the day is near. Um, each day that passes is one day closer to God's judgment on this earth. Mm-hmm. And so as Christians, I think we should, uh, we should feel that, feel that dire consequence. Um, and that makes it even more imperative, imperative to concern ourselves with the state of affairs in this fallen world and with loving one another and pointing others to Christ and leading others to Christ. Yes. Yeah. It brings up the sense of urgency, which you said to love because we need to go out and show this now more than ever and tomorrow more than ever again. And the next day more than ever again. Um, the, the words that Paul uses here, again, I'll, I'm looking at the NIV real quick. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. It is already upon us, is what he's saying. Um, and then, I'd like, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So the time is coming, you know, um, when we're all going to be judged. And if we're judged and we are found here having our hope, in earthly things, in earthly governments and rulers and people and leaders, 
rather than in the one who can save, then that judgment is not going to be fun. Judgment doesn't sound fun. <laughs> but, if, but if we're have our hope in the one who saves, that judgment will be good. True. And that's the sense of urgency we, hit, we get here. Yeah. And this is not an easy thing to talk about. Um, <laughs> and I think it's oftentimes something that we don't want to talk about or always focus on. But the reality is that this is serious and this is real. Um, whether we die before the second coming of Christ or whether we see the second coming of Christ and God's judgment on earth, we will face God in heaven and we'll have to answer um, to our life and will we put our hope and salvation in. Um, and so that just makes it all the more imperative to put our, our hope and trust and faith in Jesus Christ. Yes. And if we put our hope and trust and faith in Jesus Christ, everything everything that we've done in our life that is wrong, I'm not going to say erased because, you know, you shouldn't strive to do wrong, but true, true faith and belief in Christ leads to repentance and you will repent of the things that you've done. And that is covered by Jesus's sacrifice. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have no faith in Christ, then you have no coverage for, and you have no repentance. And so you live by what you've done and the Lord will judge you by what you've done. Yeah. And I think there we get to the, you know, Paul's final point. Um, it starts off talking what looks like a political thing what Paul is talking about, but ultimately he's getting to the gospel. Yes. We need to keep that in mind. And I, I, I've mentioned this passage out of first Peter a couple times here um, where Peter talks about the same thing. Um, if you want to go and read it later, if you're listening, it's first Peter chapter two. Um, and then it starts in verse 13 where he talks about submission to government. Peter does the same thing kind of here. He talks about submission to government, then submission to masters, but then he transitions to talking about Christ and talking about his crucifixion, death, and sacrifice and how that comes back to us. And by his stripes, we are healed. That's what he says. So Peter's saying the same thing as Paul. Um, it's important submission to government. You know, it's there. But everything should point back to the gospel. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. And the fact that they're both saying the same thing seems to me like it would be an important thing to know. (laughs) Yeah. I think it is. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. Well, does anyone have anything else to add to this passage of scripture? I don't think so. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, it's, this is such a, a meaty passage, and I'm glad that we dove into it because I think we covered so much good and important stuff. Uh, it's not hard. There's a lot of questions about this passage that um, we had going into it, and we still may not know like all the correct answers, but by really diving into it, I think we covered so much ground and so much substance that um, uh, it just helped me see things more clearly um, hopefully it helped you guys see things more clearly as well. Um, yeah, in the end, the final verse in this passage is put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and that's, that's what it all gets at. Um, so yeah, this is, this is a great topic. I agree. Um, in turn, I think this is a really good passage. I think that we've talked about it a lot. As for myself and my own closing thoughts, and the great words of Jeff Probst, I got nothing for you. <laughs> got nothing else for you. Well, that's a good way to, to end it. Um, I'll say a quick prayer here, and then we'll close it down. 
Dear Lord, I thank you for this time we had to come and record another podcast. I thank you for these guys who are willing to record with me, for Peter and Thomas, who are willing to come into the fire each and every week, God, and um, try to speak some truth here and try to really learn as much as we can. Um, And I thank you that we were able to do that in the passage today. I know looking at the world around us, the events of this week, God, we see a lot of strife, uh, a lot of uh, violence and evil and revenge on on every side of this god and i pray against that i pray for our leaders as um, we are to do for our incoming leaders for the leaders we have now god i pray that you would give them wisdom and clarity and they would fulfill your will on this earth we know they will you, your will cannot be shaken your plans cannot be broken um, i pray that you would use everyone to fulfill those purposes Um, And I thank you for what we learned today. I pray first and foremost, above anything else, that we would take this passage and use it to look to you in all that we do, that we would look to you as our hope, as our salvation, uh, and as our faith, God, and not to anything else. And that we would be examples um, as believers to others of doing that, God, and we could spread your word and all the good that comes with it. I pray for uh, a great week for everyone, for all our listeners, God. all our many, many listeners (laughs) and for these two guys as well. Um, In your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, that'll do it. Good week. Yes, uh, that'll do it. If you uh, have any questions for us, we'll hopefully be getting some maybe social media accounts up soon where we can interact with you as listeners. If you're out there and you are a listener, um, But please feel free to like, subscribe, and share. Yes, please do. (laughs) Um, Yeah, keep listening. Keep supporting. Share it if you like it. Um, And hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to reach out to you guys personally-ish through Instagram or (laughs) Twitter or something. Personally-ish, yes. (laughs) As personal as you can be in Instagram. Yes. All right. Well, until then, you guys take care. Thanks for listening. All right. Thank you you as well. Bye. Bye.